Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. Lead singer of Papa Roach, huge 49ers fan, Kobe Shaddix. Kobe, thanks for coming back on, man. What's up, fellas? Good to see you guys, man. Thanks for having good me. To- it's good to see you. I can't, you know, we were talking and like you started the season and I went back and listened to it. And you made that prediction and I'm like, we, yeah. we got to get it back on because it's, it's, yeah, it's perfect. But I wanted it. We're going to talk Niners, but I wanted to start off by giving me the opportunity because I know this cause means a lot to you. And, you know, you're involved in the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention and you recently released a live version of Scars with Chris Daughtry, which is a top 10 rock track, the 26th song to reach top 10 for you guys on the rock charts. Um, and the royalties of the song are going to be donated to AFSB in support of the um, Take Away the Dark campaign. Can you just talk a little bit about the cause and how you and Chris decided to get together and, and do that? Yeah, so um, we uh, we we got an offer to go out on tour with Shinedown last year. And we were we were trying to figure out if it was the right opportunity. And we were we wanted to release this song called Leave a Light on it. It just felt like the perfect upper, the perfect tour to play a song like that. And, uh, you know, we, we decided we wanted to release it as a single, but we wanted to do something bigger than just let's release a song. Let's, let's be part of a movement. Let this song be part of a movement because we know how much this music really, you know, speaks to people on a deep level. And, um, so we partnered up with the American foundation for suicide prevention and, uh, with our song, leave a light on talk away the dark. And, uh, join them in raising awareness, uh, raising money. We raise like on that tour. Um, it's just the beginning of the tip of the iceberg for us, but I, we gave them a check for like 150 grand um, awesome. at the end of the wow. tour. You know, it's like one of those big checks, you know, like that whole deal. Yeah. Uh, I kind of was like not wanting to like present the check on stage just cause it's like, you know, I'm not trying to like, Oh, look at us. We're doing great things. But in the, in the, in the world right now, I think any moment where there can be like some sunlight peeking through the darkness and uh, messages of hope 
it's important. And what the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention does is provide help to people that are struggling, you know, and and uh, pick up the phone, right? 988, dial that number. There's somebody on the other line, on the end of the line, willing to listen. Uh, I personally have met this fella that uh, volunteers, uh, answers calls there. And he was like, in the month of January, he literally mm. saved four people's lives, right? Wow. And that's, that's like, awesome. when you think about that, it's like, all right, this is awesome. There is, it's doing a good thing for the community, a good thing for the people. And so then fast forward to we're on tour, right? Um, Chris, Chris Daughtry's going to come down, check out the show. So I hit him up. I'm like, dude, you want to come up and sing scars with us live? So he pulls up, he's rehearsed up. We go on the backstage, work on it on an acoustic guitar. Sounds great. We take it to the stage. It was amazing. Um, and then we listen back to the live performance and we're like dude we got to put a mix on this and just release it and uh so we hit up chris and we're like hey man i know it was just like yo show up and sing a song with us but this is turning into something bigger and people it just went viral you know the performance of it and so we released that that thing starts climbing up the chart um and for us that's like it wasn't even meant to be it wasn't it wasn't our intention but it just happened and so we talked with the afsp and said, hey, we want to donate every bit of money that comes for, you know, that we get through this song. We want to forward it all to the AFSP. And I think that that's important. You know, I think giving back to the people, because, I mean, I got to tell you, man, touring this, touring this world and meeting people, the gift that we've been given by the fans of being able to mm -hmm. do what we love, we got to give back. And so, yeah, man, shout out to Chris Dodge for showing up and rocking that with us. And you know, so we got two songs that we've partnered up with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and are donating money from those songs. And it's a it's just such a great cause. And I was I was watching some stuff on you guys on YouTube the other day. And it was it was right before Fear came out when you guys were on YouTube space. And you were about to play Scars, an acoustic version. And you mentioned, you know, this song kind of changed your career and your writing okay. and how you guys approach music. And just how what does it mean for you, a song that means that much for you? to get released again and then hit a chord with people all over again. How, how much does that mean to you? It blows me away. It just shows that music can be timeless. That's always the goal for us. I think creatively is to create something that really can stand the test of time. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a hit back in 2004 and five. Yeah. And we are like 20 years later. <laughs> it's, wild. It's, it's making it, making around again. And so it's crazy. It, it definitely, it, it, it's inspiring. And, and through it, I got to tell you, man, uh, really connecting with Chris and getting to know him a bit, a bit more through this process has been awesome, man. He's been playing me some of his new music that he's working on and it freaking rocks. He's going heavier. He's got, he's like diving deeper into the heavier music and it sounds so good. I'm so, I'm proud of him, man. He's really facing some demons too in this music and, He's, he's been through hell, man. I mean, suicide has touched his life, you know, I mean, losing his own daughter, that, that's heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so when we asked to, if he would be into, you know, partnering with the American foundation for suicide prevention, he was all about it, you know? And so to be able to just connect up on a real life level and, and, and just join each other on stage and have that moment and for it to be able to connect with people and, I mean, even if just saving one person's life, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's so yeah, well, you guys, 
Yeah, you guys are helping a lot of people, man. That, that's awesome. All right, Jacoby, getting to the Niners here. We talked oh. back in September about how important <laughs> Super, we got Super Bowl. How important Purdy was going to be to this team this year. Did you see the inside the NFL video with him and Nick Bosa? Uh, did I did you catch not. That? I did so, not. Bosa went up to him after the NFC Championship game, right? And he was just – he went up to him and said, dude, the fact what, – what you're doing, it blows all our minds. Like, this is Nick Bosa saying this to him. And he's like, did you think you would be this good? And Brock was kind of, you know, playing it I off. I can be better. Really he's like, I can say. be better. He's, he said, I can be better. But he looked – you know, he looked really humble. Right. And Bosa's like, how do you have this much confidence? He's like, because I was the number two overall pick. And, like, I struggle with that. And Brock just kind of hugged him and said thank you. What he's done, it shows how much respect his teammates have for him. And, you know, people seem to want to move the goalposts with Purdy, and he's taken a lot of criticism this year. As a 49ers fan, can you talk about what the job you think Brock did this year and just, just what he's meant to this team? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Brock, Pur Brock Purdy's been amazing this whole season. I mean, we saw it at the end of last season, then he got hurt, you know, but it was just like being in the position that he's in, that hot seat with all that pressure and – you know, he's had a couple moments where he threw, you know, a few interceptions, but it's like it just kind of like rolled off his back like it ain't no thing. And I think being able to be in that position where you're in the hot seat, you got all this pressure on you, all these people coming at you, people talking shit, people, people wanting to see yeah. you fall and just persevering through that. It's impressive, especially for us as young as that dude is. I mean, what is he like in his mid twenties? You know what I mean? Like twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. I did yep. not. I mean, I did not have my head screwed on straight when I was twenty. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like for this dude to like really be so calm and cool under the pressure that he's under. It's impressive, and and uh, I mean, I got to tell you, at the beginning of the season, I, I did a I did a prediction. I wrote a prediction in Spin Magazine. And I have my manager send it to me, and I I called it. I said Chiefs uh, Niners in the Super Bowl, and we will be, uh -oh. and we will be hoisting that Vince Lombardi Trophy, man. And uh, that's the next step, right? It's like let's, let's go get go. that. Let's go get the damn thing. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think is most impressive about Brock, and and you you talked about it. You know, he's 24 years old. There hasn't seemed to be a moment that has been too big for him. Yeah. For somebody like you who you know, you started your music career in your late teens, early 20s. And, you know, Papa Roach was at that time got huge and you're playing big shows and things like that. For somebody who has that experience of going out in front of an audience of thousands, like what what does it take to to not have that moment be too big for you? What did it take for you? And and is it something that you just think is kind of natural or or is that something that you had to work on as well? Oh, I definitely had to work on it, you know, and I wasn't prepared to be straight and honest with you. You know, I, I there's a lot of parallels between um, creativity and music and uh, the, the drive, the pursuit for that and professional sports. Right. Because it's like you give yourself to this. You Every bit mm -hmm. of yourself, all your time, all your effort, all your energy goes towards this this goal. Right. And mine was to become you know, a professional musician, rock star, world traveling, you know, party starter, all that, <laughs> you know, and uh, I think I was a little bit more focused on the party early on in my days, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, Same. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have somebody necessarily around me coaching me up for these moments that I would come, you know, be facing like, all right, now you're going to be on MTV, New Year's Eve, you know, mm -hmm. when the ball is going to drop and like, you might want to, you know, sober up a little bit for this night you know and i'm like Beep! you know going for it. and uh 
but you know, par for the course in the rock and roll business, you know what I mean? That, that the culture around it is, you know, it's always, always celebrated excess and just going full tilt boogie, you know, and, and, uh, there's no, it's not necessarily a sustainable lifestyle. Whereas with athletes, right. It's like you grow up learning, all right, how am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to do this for a long time? How, what do I need to learn as far as, you know, my football IQ to have, you know, to be smart about the game. Right. And you got these coaches coaching you up, preparing you for these next steps, you know, and music business doesn't have that, you know, it's just like, all right, throw it at a wall and see if it sticks, you know? So it's a lot, there's a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. Yeah. One of the things that Al and I talked about prior to the NFC championship game is uh, our preference for if our team is in a big game, I don't want to be at a party. I don't want a bunch of people there. Like I just want to kind of be either. I've got like one guy that I, that I watch games with and that's what I want to do. What is, what is your uh, preference when it comes to, you know, if, if the 49ers are in the Super Bowl or NFC championship game, or are you, are you bringing people over to the house? You going somewhere? Are you kind of like, I just need to watch this by myself because this is my squad and it's that important to me. I mean, you know, it's like it change it changes up. If I'm on tour, right, we're gonna we're gonna go take over a sports bar with all the homies. Awesome. And just that's awesome. Watch the game and just get buy all the wings, buy all the pizza, and tear it down. You know, <laughs> um, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be home this time, and so I'm just having a little shindig at my house. And uh, my dad's a real, my stepdad Bill. He's a really big fan. Um, a couple buddies of mine are all of us are Niners fans, and so only Niners fans at my house. That's right. And uh, I'm just keeping it low key. I mean, I have probably about 10 or 15 people here, but everybody that's coming is like about the game. It's not about let's go, let's go out and throw bags and, you right. know, you know, play cornhole. Like, nah, it's, it's a, like, I'm going to be locked into this game. I got my cowbell ready to ring that thing. When we, when we <laughs> score, you know what I'm saying? I hang, I hang the flag up in the back of the living room. You know, it's, it, it's a vibe. And uh, I'm, I'm just so excited about this game coming up. <laughs> I got to tell you something though. Uh, so my dad, he's a. Whenever the game isn't going the way that he wants it to go, he'll so turn like it the off. first half of last week. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like he just stopped watching the game. He's like, I can't watch it, man. I just they always do. <laughs> he has this superstition that they do better when he doesn't watch. So, like about uh, all, almost a half, I'm looking at my dad and I'm going, I might have to ask you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, I'm already there. <laughs> half time comes says goodbye gets in the car leaves second half we turn that thing around oh my word what a game <laughs> that's funny did you ever so brian and i were talking to and we almost would rather play the chiefs than the ravens just what happened last game in the matchup i kind of feel like the chiefs are a better matchup for the niners than the ravens were a little bit what do you think about this matchup do you think the niners match up well with them I, absolutely and i think we got what it takes to beat these dudes i mean you know chiefs sometimes have this has this well what do we call them the swifties now the swifties you know they got this thing where it's like they got this dumb luck thing that happens every once in a while but now where we're at with the niners it feels like we got a little bit of that that crazy luck stroke of luck as well which is nice yeah yeah it kind of feels like it's their year it's kind of felt the way all year that's just kind of the niners year Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it just kind of feels like it's the, it's the Niners year this year. You know, it's, it feels the way everything's gone and Purdy coming out of nowhere. It just, it feels like it's been almost 30 years and it just feels like this, this is the year. And I think you're pretty, you're pretty close to age 
with me and Brian. So do you remember, you remember the late eighties, the Montana ones, right? We have those in the 94, but if you, if you're a Niners fan, if you're like 35 years old, they've just been through so many kicks in the balls, man. Seven NFC championships the last 13 years. And like, they all ended in a heartbreaking fashion. And I just feel like this is the season where it's all going to come together. It's just kind of meant to be. And that's kind of where I am at mentally right now with it all. I'm, I'm hoping that this is the season, man. I mean, I, uh, I feel like the, we have the personnel, the locker room, you know, the culture in the locker room is dope. Obviously you see the players lifting each other up and celebrating mm-hmm. each other. And I think that that, when you have that kind of dynamic within a football organization, it's, 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 it brings like an element of magic into play in a way, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. cause they're all great. They're all sick players, offensive and defensive side of the ball. And when somebody's not producing, somebody else is stepping up and get making that catch, making that moment, you know, and it's just it's it's been a rad season to watch. And, you know, just to be a fan of this of this team, it's like, you know, as, as a kid, I was a fan and now I'm like an, an adult and my son's are huge Niner fans. Beautiful. And it's like it's just it's a family thing, you know, so it's a. This is the year. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. Jacoby, before we let you out of here, I do have one more question for you. If the 49ers win it all, you go into the parade? Oh, come on now. Let's go, dude. Let's go, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Hey, seriously, man. If if, if we go win, I'll see you at the parade. Let's go. See you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. can't, can't, Can't thank you enough for the time, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys, man. Let's go. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Let's get it. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Here we go.